so welcome back after short break, one month, approximately. Hope that you got good rest because now we are going to start something what is more tough than Briancian, you know. I will see. I was thinking really what would be the next text we are going to study. And uh, there was a lot of options. But then I decided that instead of going like for another five years with one book, so let's try to make something shorter and then we will see. It will give me time to make decision because it was tough decision. We are going to to somehow study or we will allow to form our lives through words of Saint Theodorus the Great. Um, it is short work. He wrote it's uh, uh, one hundred spiritual texts. Uh, Saint Theodorus is. Uh, he was monk um, in the uh, monastery of Saint Saba in uh, Jerusalem. And uh, later he became bishop in Edessa, in Syria. And uh, there it, it is Saint of, he lived in the 7th century, some say later a little bit. Uh, probably nobody knows exactly. And uh, this is work is just one part of his work, which we have. There is another part in, you can find his work in Philokalia. This is Philokalia volume two. So if you want, you can buy the book, you know, that maybe it will be easier for us, for you to follow them. And you have more texts there from other saints. And after his, his spiritual text we are going to go through, there is another work, Theoreticon. They, uh, probably he didn't write it, but they gave him this honor that he's the author. This spiritual text, 100, and if you go through Philokalia, you can find uh, almost majority of these first uh, saints who are um, whose works are here, it, it's numbered. And it's always like short paragraph. Sometimes very short, just one sentence, sometimes longer paragraph. And this was style which uh, was, um, which started with Evagrius uh, and Anthony the Great and um, his first um, fathers who ascetical fathers and um, in the beginning was their work they didn't write that there was their disciples who were present at some kind of discussion or speech he gave <coughs> and they put summary of that teaching to one sentence or to one paragraph and uh, they kept <coughs> this as a reminder of his teaching. 
of teaching of that saint. And later it became somehow for others, for Maxim, uh, the confessor, way how to write his works. He followed this, those, uh, this structure of the text. And I, at first it was difficult for me because it was like each paragraph was a little bit different and uh, it's difficult to somehow penetrate what they say. And uh, what we are going to do is something similar what they were doing. Um, maybe you remember that I was talking about saying Paisi Velichkovsky during, uh, uh, during our book studies. And uh, he is that one who made uh, translation of Philokalia to uh, Slavic nations, Eastern Europeans. And uh, he, uh, to his monk, he's, he gathered his monks every evening. And every evening he read one sentence or one paragraph from work as saying from Philokalia. And he gave them some kind of explanation or reflection. And it, it was supposed to be like spiritual food for next day. But, but they were trying to put this work, uh, these words or this wisdom or these advices to life. And this is what we are trying to do here. It is not, it is not studying of the text, not gaining new information. We are, we should see ourselves as a disciples who sit at the feet of Theodorus the Great who is going to teach us something, to encourage us, and then we should try to follow in practical life his, his teaching. So for those who are new here, and thank you that you join us, we are very happy. Um, anytime, you know, you can raise hand and to ask question or to share something or to fulfill what I am missing. You know, that it, it should be like work somehow what we do together to really penetrate the meaning and maybe to find ways how we can do, how, how can we live these advices in present world. You know, that, and this is, this is very, very important. So let's start. Since by God's grace we have renounced Satan and his works and have sworn allegiance to Christ, both at our baptism and now again through our profession as monks, let us keep his commandments. Not only does our double profession demand this of us, but it is also our natural duty. For since we were originally created by God, as very good, we owe it to God to be such. Although sin entered us through our negligence and introduced into us what is contrary to nature, we have been reclaimed through God's great mercy and renewed by the passion of him who is dispassionate. We have been bought with a price, namely by the blood of Christ and liberated from the ancient ancestral sin. If then we become righteous, this is nothing great, but to fall from righteousness is pitiable 
and deserves condemnation. So when I was trying to find some kind of help who would comment on these texts to prepare this reflection, I, I, I couldn't find nobody. I, I couldn't find people who would write about this. But what I found only was that one person wrote that St. Theodore's, this, this 100 spiritual texts are wonderful, but they miss like beginning and conclusion. But when I read that, I didn't agree because I think that this first paragraph, he puts like foundation for us what we are supposed to do. And the other, um, these paragraphs which will follow, will go, uh, will guide us through all important aspects of spiritual life. But in first he gives like a reason why we should enter to this and this to, to this work, this labor, to these um, difficulties of spiritual life, why we should exp uh, enter that and have desire for that. And for sure, he is monk, and he was talking to monks, so we will need many times to find a way how it touches us. But he says that that about he talks about two their uh, allegations, two two um, like uh, two facts: our baptism and through our profession as monks that we have this obligation to keep commandments. Okay, we can skip uh, this uh, obligation because we are not monks or nuns, only if somebody's in heart secretly. But still, we have this obligation because of God's grace and because of which we receive through our baptism that he starts with baptism and he he really stresses the baptism really make it's our duty because of this grace we received to keep commandments and now why we were created as a good as he says and he says we all to God become good. And, and through these words, he somehow explains us what is our life. In um, Eastern spirituality, we call it theosis. It means that we are going through our spiritual life through some kind of states through which are our purification mind and heart, then enlightened, and then we are united with Christ. And we are become partakers of his divine nature, as it is written in scripture. So our life must be 
this progress, non-stop growing, non-stop growing and becoming like God. And uh, this is our vocation we received during our baptism. This is calling to become back what was lost through fall. Human child is child of this world and uh, uh, suffers all these effects of the fall in, uh, in uh, body, in uh, mind, and then uh, experiences this influence of the world which is going against God. Baptism, it is entering to different life. It is entering to life in Christ. Saint Thomas de Recluse, he says that if we are able to keep this grace we got during baptism, so we would go, we would need nothing else for our salvation. Nothing else if we are able to keep this grace, but we are not, and because of that we need to go through second baptism, which is repentance. That and our life is life of repentance, this non-stop repeating this this baptism, second baptism, which cleanse our soul, heart, mind, and slowly transforms us to be image of God. And we have to, it is not only our choice, he said that there are a duty towards God because of this baptism. And we should remember this duty uh, not only as, okay, I am Christian, so I must do this. I have to realize that I have to do this because of this redemptive work of Christ. And how can I, seeing and understanding what he did for us, how can I give a different answer? It's, it's even not even like duty, it is some kind, something that should be for us baptized, very natural. We know what Christ did for us so well, and, and because of that, this opportunity to enter to eternal life is open for us and given to us. So why not to... Uh, so then there is no duty. There is, but it's almost impossible to think that I can live a different life. It's impossible. We should not. And look, if you remember Briancian, you know, when he was talking about faith, he was, in one place he said that we have to keep in our hand a sword and to cut each thought, each desire. Not only those who are uh, sinful, even those who are who we which we consider as a good 
but they go against spirit of gospel. And this is this is something what we have to remember that this and and this is something what is problem of present of many of present Christians that uh, we came to this some kind of thinking that it is enough to be a good person. And what would be not so bad if we measure this goodness according to gospel, then we'd be fine. Still not perfect, but it would be better. But what we do, we measure goodness according what our heart is saying. If it feels good, if I have good feeling about that, and um, or it is how we are formed from world. If world sees something as a good, we have tendency to follow that, that to consider as a good. And then we do what we feel it is good, and we think that this opens heaven for us. But this is heresy because n nobody is saved through works. We are saved through. God's grace and our faith. So, but well, good deeds is byproduct. So, we have to be concentrated on this, uh, this, on Christ. We have to have desire to live His life, live in Him, to be with Him. And we do it through keeping commandments, as he says. We, we are keeping commandments, and through this we are expressing our desire to be with him, to honor him, to love him. But it means that we have to get out from our heart many thoughts or images or many our habits even which we have if you remember my horrible homily yesterday what Patrick? <laughs> it is true you know look and and that is big problem in raising of children today mothers and fathers they want good things for their children. What is good? We measure this accord feeling of our heart. Or we measure the accord how world sees good things. And for sure, if we want to raise our children in faith, it means that we have to give up this natural love because of supernatural love. And this is that pain I was talking about that mothers they have. Because their natural love, mother love, doesn't want child to suffer. But mother lets child to suffer because of keeping commandments 
because she knows that this is something what gives eternal life to their children. But this is only possible through pain. We have to deny these somehow natural things. Maybe you know about just I give one example which really touched me on and uh, you know that my Samiron when we came here it was difficult for him for me to adjust slowly and especially for him to go to school and kids and uh, true is that he didn't speak a lot of with others first years and then this opportunity I knew that this one story because I suffered because I saw he doesn't have a lot of friends and so I I think after like two years I asked him well your birthday is coming so what would you wish to have as a gift I want to buy you something you know to I was willing to sacrifice because I wanted to have make him happy and he, he said well you know I would like to have Xbox you know then I said what is that so he explained that <laughs> and he said, and I, I said, well, okay, this is just game, you know. And he said, well, you know, I can play with friends. And it was for me like, okay, so he would invite friends and come. So great idea, so we bought. So he was using that, and after a while, I asked, well, so when are you going to invite friends, you know, to play? <laughs> and he said, we are playing now online, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it was funny, but. But it was somehow painful for me. And then he came with this idea that he would like to play football for high school. And uh, so I agreed because I, I saw there's a good opportunity to, uh, for him to adjust and to find friends and you know. And it worked this way because he started to practice and exercise with friends. And well, it was good for him. But I gave him few conditions at first that, okay, you can play football, but you cannot skip any liturgy. And you cannot, um, and you cannot um, skip anything what is going on in parish. The, the, this practice and football and games cannot have any influence on life in church. He promised that. And one year went with our problems, and the second year he was senior already last year, and uh, they were preparing for this big game, and suddenly game went on day when we had feast, the protection of Teotokos. So he came to me like a week before, and he started to negotiate. Okay, you cannot you like. Have liturgy like vigil liturgy, you know. <laughs> you know that I said why? Because it's oh there is a game. For sure I could probably do this. But I realized that no, I'm not going to do this. He promised something. So I said no, it's impossible, I cannot do this. And he said, Well, if I skip this game coach will not let me to play any other game. I, I told him, you made commitment. You promised something. So 
I, I knew that I am risking now that, well, he'll be sad for next two months. And I knew that I will be sad too. But I, it was difficult for me. I said, okay, no, <laughs> let's keep that. And so he went to coach. He said, well, I am not coming for this game because there's a liturgy in the church. It's feast. So coach told me, you know rules. You are not going to play anymore. You will be on the bench. Only if there is somebody hurt it or excellent. So he came home devastated, not happy, sad. But then the coach let him to play the last game. So he was he was happy. But I need to tell that probably I suffered more than him. You know. I I really suffered and and because I I, I knew that I'm taking away something from him and uh, well I could arrange things differently or to say oh it's not big fees you can go no and uh, I suffered but through the suffering he gained experience and I think he said this several times that uh, I think that this made him more firm because life is full of these challenges. You know, you can find, you know, a lot of challenges you can have. And as a parent, especially, you really suffer when you see that you have to take your child from somewhere, you know, or to say no to something and you see your child sad and you are sad too and my, there, are, there are easy cases, easy situations, there are very tough situations. Now one lady, young mother, uh, she told me once before the end of Great Fast, she said, I wish, I wish the Great Fast is over soon because I suffer when I see, when I feed my children with grass. <laughs> yes, this mother was suffering, but she was teaching amazing things for children. She was forcing them, probably the kids, maybe they protested, maybe they were begging for something else. But she stayed firm, even she suffered. But through this, their will will be formed and they will be able to keep better commandments in future. Because there are, there are, they were taught to adjust their will to sacrifice. And and this is why why it is many times this problem because if we are led only this natural love as a father and mother only, and we try to make child happy, and without suffering to protect and to to make this life easier. Um, in uh, and and because of that we are. We are going against against commandments. We are going against this teaching and gospel. So they will be. They will never learn 
how to use their will to follow what is really good. And they will suffer like adult people because they will be pushed by passions <coughs> and they will, they will not know how to fight with them, how to oppose them. So it is, it is what he says about, like, we, we are supposed, it's like obligation because of baptism to keep commandments, it means to form our life according gospel, according what, what, uh, uh, what we are taught in, in gospel. And, and it's difficult, especially in this time, because we are not going only against these natural movements or heart, but we are going to against the world, we, sometimes we look like crazy in front of others. We look, we, we are we look like strange people who are, are, who are not from this world, and, but this is true, we are not from this world. And, and so it is, it, is, it is cross, as Christ calls it, but this cross forms us and slowly brings purification of our heart and mind. And many times if we fall again, 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 but we, we are standing again, 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 trying again, again to do it more and more perfect. And this is our work during, during our life. And he is, in this first paragraph, he is introducing us to this work because of our baptism naturally our duty is to keep rules of that life we deceived and because of Christ who suffered for us for our salvation All right. for new people new members now you see why we were doing going through branch now five years. No <laughs> 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 question or comments? Nothing. All right. So let's continue. <clears throat> Just as a good act performed without genuine faith is quite dead and ineffective, so too faith alone without works of righteousness does not save us from eternal fire. For he who loves me, says the Lord, will keep my commandments. If, then, we love the Lord and believe in him, we shall exert ourselves to fulfill his commandments so as to be granted eternal life. But how can we call ourselves faithful if we neglect to keep his ordinances, which all creation obeys, and if, Although we have been honored above all creation, we're the only creatures who disobey the Creator and show ourselves ungrateful to our benefactor. Yeah. So he goes further on this about these commandments, and it can be strange for us a little bit, but if we read this work of these holy fathers, this teacher of spiritual life. They always start with that. They put somewhere in the beginning 
need for keeping commandments. Um, and so what are those commandments? Uh, many times we are somehow, we have this inclination to think about uh, the Ten Commandments and how they are explained in uh, in Gospel. And then we probably keep uh, others common known commandments uh, which are coming from Gospel. But if you remember Briancino, I will be going back to remind him many times. So what he says, based on teaching of these Holy Fathers, that whole Gospel is commandment. Everything what is written in Gospel is commandment. And we should learn to read Gospel through this understanding, to, to see words there as a commands we are getting from Christ. So just as an example, if we go take St. Mark and we come to first Christ's words there, he says that repent because kingdom of kingdoms at the hand, something like that, I, I, I don't remember exactly English. We, we find that, uh, okay, it's, it's, it's uh, something what he said we should do, but we m very rarely see that as a commandment. It is, it is his order. Repent. And what does it mean, repent? It means non-stop trying to adjust life according his will, according gospel. So it is, it is sadness that we are not perfect yet, and it is firm desire to stand up and to do what is good, what is His will. And this is why, like Eastern, like liturgy is fulfilled with the spirit of contrition spirit of repentance because this is what must be non-stop present in our heart. If we keep the spirit of repentance in our heart, it, it is like protection. That it really, when we, a thought comes which offers us some kind of possibility or to do something, the spirit of repentance confronts this thought and informs us this is not good, this is not right. And again, we were talking about that, but just as a reminder that for many people it is something like, ah, what does it mean? It means that life is sad, then totally sad. Uh, but it, but well, it is because we didn't taste this consolation. It comes from above. Many times we, 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 when we talk about oh, to live gospel is joyful thing. But problem is that we understand this joy 
in this worldly understanding. We understand it as the joy as people from the world understand this. And this is not. And I think the church, personally, me too, many times I was using that joyful Christian life, and but without explaining that. Because there is a paradox there. When we are, when there is contrition in our heart and this pain in our heart, this spirit of, of repentance, and we tr try to make next step correctly, something happens. We are entering to a different world and another joy, this some kind of silent, um, uh, peaceful joy comes from above, that even we are in the state of repentance, we are experiencing this peace and enjoy different joy than joy from world. You know, and, and you can see that on on a uh, if you if you watch, you find on YouTube uh, some kind of uh, there's a one documentary about Manatos. It's visible there. You can see there like monk who spent like old monk who spent like whole life in monastery, and um, it was told about him that he spent those years in crying over his sins and deep repentance. But when you see him, you can see eyes, face, shining from joy. This is paradox which we start to experience that this repentance gives us something different, different kind of joy. Joy which comes from above. This peace which comes from above, it's different from the joy which is just takes like few moments from this from this world uh, or a piece which uh, this world offers and uh, so back to back to this paragraph that this is what what we have to how we uh, why we have to keep commandments and to try to learn commandments and we, we read gospel again, 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 and uh, and we find another like spiritual law. The God uncovers for us only those things we are able to reach. So it means in spiritual life, He uncovers this meaning of Scripture for us. In that measure, we are able to take. When we put it to life, he uncovers more and more and more. And you might have the experience that this reading of gospel is somehow always a little bit new, something new we can find. And the same thing is with, with uh, uncovering our weaknesses. God doesn't uncover the whole perfect state of our soul in our, eye, uh, in, in our inner eyes because if one saint said that we would die from, we would be so horrified that we would die if we see fullness of this 
weakness in us and sin, full disaster we sin. So he always uncovers what we are able to manage. So if we are, if we recognize some compassion, some kind of sin in our heart, know that you can defeat that, that you have God's help for that. It might take years, you know, but still you can do this. And once you manage that, Surprise, God uncovers something more. <laughs> he said, all right, let's go deeper. And suddenly you see, okay, this came on for us. But still we have to have this understanding that he uncovers for us. He lets us know what we can at the moment um, conquer. Maybe not with one jump, one decision, but that it is in our powers, in small steps, make this passion weaker and weaker and weaker. And it's up to him many times that how long it takes. But if you are faithful in this, in this work of repentance, in one moment he gives us victory. And it is great happiness. And again, Theodore reminds us that uh, that without that this setting of the heart, without this decision really to serve God, uh, even good deeds we are going we are doing without this faith, which is active. Each good deed is dead and not active in front of God. So it is it is like funny to say, you know, that, and well, maybe I'm guilty to this, especially during funerals. And uh, sometimes it's just phrase, but well, it's, it's difficult. You are asked to bury as a priest, a person who was who is on paper for a member of parish but he never comes for the liturgy you know and uh, you know that well, you invited the person you asked him and many times and no and now relatives they come and say well you know but he was a good person he allowed you know, children, family, and he was trying to help everybody, everything. I said, all right, this is all right, but these things even atheists are doing. You know, it is not like a ticket to heaven. You cannot be saved through these deeds. You are saved through faith. And faith is active, and we know that faith is active and alive when we force ourselves to keep commandments. If we are trying hard to keep commandments 
and we're trying to stand up immediately when we fail. And we start again, again, again with this desire to keep commandments. It is sign of true, active, living faith. And this faith is the faith which saves us. If I, in, if I say this in a very simple way. So this is what he wants to put as a fundament. All right, we can have another one if there are no comments or, okay. When we keep Christ's commandments, we <coughs> do not benefit him in any way since he is in need of nothing and is the bestower of every blessing. It is ourselves that we benefit since we win for ourselves eternal life and the enjoyment of ineffable blessings. It's a very important word for us to, to have to put, like set up like good foundations of spiritual life, that to keeping commandments, it's not something what is like that weight on our shoulders, we have to carry and we have to see them that those commandments, from those commandments only we have benefit. We are coming to blessing. We are getting something for for our life. And uh, so it is not about that, well, we are giving commandments because I don't to offend God. Well, in one way too. But we keep commandments because we know that through this we are opening ourselves to be formed by God. May we are able to enter to heaven in some kind of holiness and perfectness. That we are opening ourselves for more and more for his grace which transforms us. So we should be like eager, like egoist, that okay, I want the best for me, so while well, I am going to keep commandments, you know, and if something, desire or suggestion from the world, from other people come, which forces us to go away from gospel, I said, no, 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 no. It's I, I want this benefit. I want this benefit which is coming from keeping commandments. For sure, in the beginning, even we have this thought, it is still violence we have to apply to our will and to and to uh, force ourselves but we should keep this advice in mind and I maybe I used that before or humbly or some somewhere that I I saw uh, there was like testimony of one man given somewhere I don't remember, but he was giving testimony about change of his life. He was um, narc narcoman, addict to yes. drugs, and when he was talking about like his life under this addiction, there were a big screen behind him, and they were like giving their pictures how he looked at that time. It was a huge difference. You could see like old, uh, sick man with quiet look, everything. And, and you said that this contrast, he was saying, it was me. 
so so this contrast was contrast was great to realize that okay what sin does and what uh, this uh, life accord God's will does you know and uh, it was very powerful and I think that that this is great great uh, picture what we are doing in spiritual life <coughs> be wounded by sin and be afflicted by this fallen world gives ugliness to our lives. And we are trying to get out from this, from this fallen world. And it's through keeping commandments, we are cleansing ourselves and we are gaining again back beauty of, of um, what we are supposed to be, how we are created, and 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 you can see that uh, Charles Williams was here last Sunday, and you don't know him. He was like cantor for many years. He moved to Florida, and uh, I, it was my honor that I could know him better and. We spent a lot of time together when we came slowly, and uh, so I know about his deep spiritual life and how he really was striving to live. And you can see it on his face. You can see it on his face. This, this uh, dignity. And it is not something you can acquire through some kind. This this special dignity which is which which is some which comes with this are changing and transforming. And people are very attractive to this. I will tell you something when we turn off recording. <laughs> okay, Samuel. One thought that came to my mind when you were talking about repentance, being tied to the commandments. One story in the Gospels that really struck me is Jesus said, if the works that this city has seen had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. And that always struck me that you know, I'd always thought of miracles as something, a generous gift from God not really attached meaning to them, or just Jesus pointing an arrow at himself that he's the Messiah or something like that. But for him to attach a meaning like, if I shine my light of power on this city, they would see their sad condition <coughs> and they would repent. And that's just really striking that... Um, it doesn't work this way. Right. But what he, he was saying, uh, it doesn't happen automatically, but um, for us to respond correctly to God's gift, it should show us something that should um, teach us to, re to repent. Well, one thing is that, look, what is really difficult for me to see, that how many people approach me Please pray for me because I have serious illness. So we prayed. It was hard. We had liturgies for the person. 
And really, I can say that several times miracles happened. That disease, the doctors, they said, well, you are so lucky, it's, this disease is gone. And, and they're like filled with joy. Okay, God heard me. You know, God healed me. And, and okay, for my expectation would be, okay, now God made a really miracle for you. So turn to God. But usually, that person, many times the person is, was like every day almost in the church asking and begging for God, God's help. And once the person was healed, started new life, you know. I can live now, I can enjoy the world, I can enjoy everything that I was enjoying before. Instead, to, to understand it's okay, this God gave me favor so so well he's calling me to something and it's it's difficult so this is why miracles when it, if there is not this understanding of these basic things you know keeping what does it mean keep commandments and everything so then then you don't know how to react right i guess that just really struck me that i i, I had not known to re, to respond to god's gift that way, but Jesus is saying, "That's why I gave it to you." Yeah, that's like the the town where Jesus performed miracles, and they came out him out and begged him to go away, mm -hmm. because they did recognize that if this guy stays here, we're going to have to change, and we don't want to do that. So they got the point, but they didn't want to go with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like just go away because we don't want to deal with it, yeah. and that's what I do all the time. <laughs> Well, yes, but look, this is something that I think it's missing some kind of information for, it was missing information, spiritual formation for many decades. That, uh, because when I started to study these Holy Father's teachers, and I, I was surprised on this, how huge, like, stress they put on this keeping commandments you have to force yourself this is way and i would expect other things but they start with that and then it makes sense because if you don't train yourself if you don't see your spiritual life okay god gives you words his command and you sh you are showing that you love him through keeping this once you start to do this so then you you understand core you see these miracles these touches of grace and you know how to answer correctly and but if you are not formed this way so you consider okay god loves me and you go your way without change nothing nothing change so this is very very important these fundaments he gives us in the beginning and each spiritual father gives us I would say that for today, it's conclusion that, well, to put this fundamentals, that we have to start our spiritual life with trying to have active and living faith. And active and living faith is faith which inspires us to search what is God's will and to keep his commandments. 
even if we are failing in the beginning. And we should not let it to, to wait for some kind of spontaneous like feeling that, okay, I want. It should be violence towards our will. In the beginning, we have to force ourselves, we have to go through this, through this change.